0: Whose favor do we seek? Whose opinion is most important to us? Have we ever tried to impress someone? Uh, A teacher? uh, A friend? A person of the opposite sex? uh, A sports coach? A work colleague? uh, A boss? Maybe even a crowd? Or an audience? Have you ever tried to impress somebody? I know I have. I'd be embarrassed to tell you some of the foolish things I've done to try and impress people, especially as a teenager and a younger man. I guess we've all tried to impress people. But how have we tried to make ourselves impressive? Was it to do with our looks, our wealth, our competence, our uh, athletic ability, our academic brilliance, our intelligence? Uh, Are those the ways that we tried to impress people. Uh, not that there's anything inherently wrong with any of those things. There's nothing wrong with taking care of one's appearance, so long as that doesn't cross over into vanity. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy, so long as we're generous rather than uh, greedy, selfish, and tight-fisted. And certainly I think we'd want to question why anyone would want to try to impress another person uh, with his or her wealth. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being competent, We should strive to be competent in every area of our lives, so long as that competence doesn't uh, morph into pride and arrogance. But I think the world sends us a very clear message about what makes a person valuable. And we end up seeking the world's approval in order to feel that we have value. The world values looks, wealth, success, and power. And you might say, yeah, but the world values other things too. Well, maybe, but I bet there aren't very many companies where the CEO and the cleaner are treated with exactly the same dignity and respect. And that says a lot about our society. I heard an advert on the radio the other morning. It caught my my attention uh, because it began something like this. It said, this is the best news ever. And I, I listened in. I thought, wow, what's this? Great news they're going to tell me about. Uh, Apparently, Kim Kardashian's makeup range is now available in Australia. (laughs) And the reason that this is so exciting, according to the advert, is that Kim Kardashian is the world's most famous model, influencer, and entrepreneur. These qualities are supposedly so important that people want to be like her. So they rush out to buy her product. Now, this is a slightly ridiculous example, but you get the point. It's not hard to see what the world values. And I think all of us, uh, to some extent, are guilty of buying into this nonsense. So now we come to Mary. Uh, Mary was chosen to bear the creator of the universe in her womb. She was chosen to be the mother of Jesus Christ, who was... And is God. Mary didn't have any of the attributes that the world seems to value so highly. She was a teenage virgin, almost certainly illiterate. She came from uh, Nazareth, an obscure little place that people looked down on when Philip said to Nathanael, We found the Messiah, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Nathanael replied, Nazareth, can anything good come from that place? What's more, Mary was poor. She was a peasant, and we know that for certain because of the events that transpired immediately after Jesus' birth. According to Jewish law, uh, Mary was considered impure for 40 days. Now, Jesus uh, was circumcised on the eighth day, and then after the 40th day, they went to present Jesus in the temple, and Mary had to make an offering in order to become ceremonially clean. Uh, she offered two young pigeons That was a poor person's offering. According to Leviticus 12, the correct offering would be a lamb. Uh, But if you couldn't afford that, then two young doves or two young pigeons would suffice. Mary and Joseph were poor. And someone might say, well, what about the gold, frankincense, and myrrh that the Magi gave them? Well, chronologically, that comes after Jesus' presentation in the temple. Jesus was probably a toddler when the Magi made their visit. So Mary was nothing in the eyes of the world, but she found favor with God. You know, a person can possess all the worldly markers of value and still be completely shallow. And often that shallowness will go unnoticed because people are easily dazzled by certain impressive attributes. Likewise, a person can possess none of the worldly markers of value, but have tremendous depth of character, a godly character. And such people will often go largely unnoticed. Uh, That is to say, they go largely unnoticed by the world. Not by God. God notices. God sees a person's true character. God sees a person's heart. And everything about the nativity, the story of God binding himself to humanity and entering into creation, everything about this story is the opposite of what we might expect, even when we heard Mary's uh, song in that reading. He has brought down mighty kings from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. Isn't that the opposite Of what we might expect. Now, we're so familiar with this story that we can almost deceive ourselves into thinking that we could have predicted it. Of course, God would do things this way, it's obvious. But no one in the first century could have predicted this. No one would have considered Mary to be a likely or worthy candidate for this great responsibility. And if we were new to this story, there's no way. We would expect it to unfold in this way. And we certainly wouldn't pick out someone like Mary to play such an important role. But God's kingdom, God's kingdom is an upside down kingdom. Jesus challenged the status quo in every conceivable way. Socially, culturally, morally, religiously, philosophically. Jesus redefined what power is. Uh, Jesus said that the poor and those who mourn and the weak and the persecuted are blessed. That's the opposite of what the world thought or thinks. Uh, Jesus revealed God as a loving father. No one before Jesus had referred to God as daddy. Uh, and Probably the the best translation we have for the word that Jesus used, Abba, Abba father. Uh, Jesus commanded us to love not only our friends but even our enemies. Uh, that was radical in the first century, and it's radical today. Jesus' high regard and compassion for women and children was culturally inappropriate. Uh, he said it's not outward displays of religious piety that count with God, uh, but a person's inner beauty, their, 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 their heart, their godliness. And he declared that salvation is not just available to the Jews, but to anyone who puts their faith and their trust in him. Jesus turned the wisdom of the Jewish and Roman world on its head. And Jesus turns the wisdom of today's world on its head. And it began before he was even born with a teenage Jewish peasant girl from an obscure little town called Nazareth. And what a message she receives! She's going to have a child. And the language that the angel uses makes it very clear that this child is Israel's long-awaited Messiah. The name Jesus even means the Lord is salvation or the Lord saves. Mary's son will be a king with universal authority whose kingdom will never end. That's quite a lot for a teenage girl to take in. And so Mary inquires, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Now, this isn't like Zechariah's doubt. When the angel came to Zechariah, he doubted. He doubted that what the angel told him would come to pass. Mary doesn't doubt that these things will happen. She simply wants to know how they will happen. And I think it's a a fair question. So the angel replies uh, that it will be a miraculous pregnancy, the work of the Holy Spirit. And we'll be looking at this a little bit more next week. And to be fair, there are aspects of this plan That would not have appealed to Mary. Firstly, the scale of it. What could possibly be more overawing? Think about the situation that would push you furthest out of your comfort zone. The situation uh, that would intimidate you the most. For me, it would be having to sing on Britain's Got Talent. Britain's Got Talent rather than Australia, because I think more people know me in Britain than they do here. that would be an absolute nightmare. It would be horrible for me and for anyone who had to listen. And for you, it might be something very different. But think about what it must feel like to undertake some huge task for which you feel uh, completely unqualified and underprepared. And that would be nothing compared to what Mary must have been feeling. So that's the first thing. This plan wouldn't have appealed to Mary because of the scale of it. Secondly, it wouldn't have appealed to Mary because of the scandal of it. In first century Jewish culture, having a child out of wedlock was a social and economic disaster. A woman in that situation would be looked down upon, ostracized, and shunned. Uh, She would never live it down, and more than likely, she'd be even poorer as a result. Not only that, but Mary now has to explain to her future husband, Joseph, she's got to explain that she's already pregnant. None of this is going to be easy. This is not the kind of situation that any teenage girl would wish for. But Mary doesn't make any kind of a protest. She simply says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And so Mary shows her true character. She's a person who desires to be obedient to God no matter what the cost. And that is why she's chosen. That is why she's favoured by God. And and I think there are two lessons here. There's a lesson for the underconfident and there's a lesson for the proud. For the underconfident, for the person who feels like they don't have much value, just look at the kind of person that God uses. Look at Mary. Despite what the world tells us, it's not our looks, our wealth, our social standing, our intelligence, our skill set that matters. What matters is that we say yes to God, that we wholeheartedly follow Jesus no matter what the cost. Because if we do that, no matter who we are, our lives will take on new meaning and purpose. We will make a difference. We will make a kingdom impact. And for the proud, for those who think they've made it, for for those who take tremendous pride in their looks, their possessions, and their power, and their influence, if those worldly markers of value are all important to us, we will miss God's plan for our lives. And nothing that we do uh, will have any kind of eternal significance. All our efforts in the end will be like dust. That gets blown away by the wind. Uh, now, most of us don't fit neatly into one of those two categories, the underconfident or the proud. I think probably most of us display elements of both. Uh, most of us, in one way or another, try to validate ourselves by seeking the world's approval, and it's hard not to get swept along with this. The world tries really hard to squeeze us into its mould. But there is another way to live our lives, and that is to do what pleases the Lord. It's not the world's favor we should seek, but God's. And Mary provides us with a model of human response to this exciting and daunting call that God has placed on our lives. Uh, Mary didn't try to please the world. She didn't even try to please herself. She only wanted to please God. I am the Lord's servant, she said. Ought we not to say the same? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this uh, wonderful story. We pray that over this Advent and Christmas period, uh, you will make it very real to us. uh, That Almost like when we read this, it will jump off the page and and, uh, sink into our heart and mind that we'll be able to absorb it properly and all that it means. And we thank you for the example of Mary, who uh, was given a a task which no teenage girl would have relished. uh, But she just wanted to be obedient to you, uh, no matter what the cost, no matter what it meant. And we pray, Father, that we will do the same, that we'll follow this example, that our, our aim in life will be to obey you and to fulfill the plan that you have for us. And we pray, Father, that we'll have a growing sense of excitement about this. Uh, We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.